I was so thankful for my vacation days. Even though it was only two weeks per year in the first job and three weeks per year in the second job, I was so excited to use those days to go travel and see the world. And I always dreaded coming back. So I was like, I just want to see the world. There are so many places. There's almost 200 countries. I only have three weeks of vacation per year. I used my engineering brain to calculate. It just doesn't work out. I'm never going to see everything. And I freaked out a little bit. And I'm like, I have to see more stuff. And the only way to do that is to not have a job for a period of time. episode we are going to talk about career breaks. Probably you're familiar with this term because either you or someone you know have taken one. I love career breaks. I believe that a change is as good as a rest and a career break gives you the ideal opportunity to replenish your energy, focus your mind and refresh your motivation. So today for this episode I invited Callie O'Connor and Callie is the founder of Travel Shifters, where she helps burnout professionals to take a career break and find remote work. In the show descriptions, I will leave you the link to Callie's podcast and also her website where you can get in contact with her. And if you want to get in contact with me, remember that my Instagram is at the Solo Female Travel Podcast. So the topic we will be discussing today with Kali is steps you must take before planning a career break. And actually, you have a really cool podcast where you go in detail and you break down these steps. You also talk about budgeting and all that. So first, like, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how did you decide to take a career break and then to become a remote work mentor? Sure. First of all, I never really thought that this is the trajectory my life would take. My background was very typical for an American, where you go to school and get good grades, you can go to college, you can get a job and then work until you retire and hopefully get promoted and make lots of money and all of those things. So I did that and I ended up studying chemical and biomolecular engineering in school. <laughs> that sounds so difficult. I know. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I always say like the whole title, like chemical and biomolecular to like really note the contrast because it's so not me. That's kind of what I thought I had to do at the time. And I mean, I did. That's what I studied. I got a job right out of college. I accepted the first job I was offered. I was super bored. And so I was really thankful when a recruiter had reached out to be like, do you hate your nine to five job? Do you want to work outside? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Which ultimately led me to move to Texas and work in the oil fields, like literally outside in the oil fields. And so I wasn't bored anymore, but <laughs> the stresses and the demands of that job was like nothing I had ever experienced. And I must say like, I grew a lot as a person. I grew a lot of confidence in myself as a person as well. 
But at the same time, like I didn't know how to handle the stress and the burnout of what was happening in the workplace. So ultimately, like I just knew that this isn't something I could continue doing. So after about four years of working sometimes up to a hundred hours per week, I knew I needed a change. And so like during all of this, I was so thankful for my vacation days, even though it was only two weeks per year in the first job and three weeks per year in the second job, I was so excited to use those days to go travel and see the world. And I always dreaded coming back. So I was like, I just want to see the world. There are so many places. There's almost 200 countries. I only have three weeks of vacation per year. I used my engineering brain to calculate. It just doesn't work out. I'm never going to see everything. And I freaked out a little bit. And I'm like, I have to see more stuff. And the only way to do that is to not have a job for a period of time. So that kind of led me to take that break, quit my job and travel around the world. So there was the first step, which was the decision. To... Yes. <laughs> Wait, did I get this right? Were you working a hundred hours a week? Sometimes. So like I worked an on-call schedule. So like I was in charge of certain oil rigs. And so it's a 24-7 business. And if anything happened on one of my rigs, people would call me up in the middle of the night, whatever. Sometimes I'd have to get out of bed. Sometimes I'd have to go into the office, like just to fix stuff, make sure everything was working properly. And so there were weeks that amounted to a hundred hours and like I would work all night from home and then go to the office in the morning. And that's not a sustainable lifestyle. <laughs> it's not, it's not. Wow. Wow. That's, I'm impressed. Not in a good way, but I'm still impressed like that you did that. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm and impressed that I did that. I definitely don't have that in me anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so you made the decision that, okay, I just want to travel for longer. I got to quit this job. How was that? Because I'm guessing that for someone that is working, you know, 40 plus hours, close to a hundred hours a week, like your identity and your life is very tied to, to that job. How was that? Yes, you're exactly right. And so basically, like, I didn't even know people left their jobs to travel long term, I happened to be on vacation and like was in a scuba certification class. And literally everyone in that class was traveling long term. And that just sparked a light bulb in my head to be like, holy crap, people do this. I want to do this. I need to be one of them. So like that was the first thing finding out it was possible. But with the identity thing, once I did quit, once I did start traveling, It was so weird because my identity was tied to that job. It was tied to the achievement. It was tied to the validation I would receive at work for doing a good job. And all of that was missing. And so what I can like say in hindsight that I found myself doing was trying to achieve in my travels by doing things that maybe aren't things that I was interested in, but things that I thought other people would be like, oh, she made the right decision. She's doing a great job in her life because she's done these really cool things in these places. Also, it's hard to admit because it's like a little embarrassing that like I was so out of touch with myself and my own like wants and needs that that's how I was traveling. But I'm thankful because that was a lesson that I needed to learn. Yeah, I'm really glad you were able to recognize that and then, you know, recover. Also, I think we all go through that at some point. It also happened to me. I'm like, oh, my friends have been to 10 countries. I got to go to 12. You know, so, 
<laughs> exactly. And like my biggest example is like I went to Carnival in Rio. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. But I'm a super introvert. And this like before COVID, it's just a massive party for a whole week. And it's really hot. And everyone's standing really close together. And they're really drunk. And it's just not me. And I could not figure out for the life of me why I didn't think it was that fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that I'm not an introvert, but I think that we're, you know, trying to do stuff out of my comfort zone to just impress other people. So yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, okay. And I just wanted to ask you, can you provide like a tip or two on how like someone maybe struggling with that? Like, okay, like my identity is really tied to my job right now. And I don't know if I can live for more than two weeks. What should I do about it? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think like the first step is to ask yourself, do you want your identity to be tied to your job? Is that what you want your whole life to be about? And if yes, like, are you living for yourself? Or are you living for your employer? And I think that's the place to start and really consider it. Because at the end of the day, like, I felt this so much like, oh, they need me, like, they really value the work that I do. But if something were to happen that they need to make a business decision to let you go, they would do it in a heartbeat. So it's kind of puts things in perspective that like a lot of times we care more about our jobs than they do about us, even though it doesn't feel that way. Wow. Those are tough but necessary questions to ask ourselves. Definitely. So thank you so much for that. So then, you know, you made the decision. Now the second step will be your why. So at the time... What was your why to take this career break? Yes. So like these steps I've laid out for the career break are 100% things I did not do on my first career break. And it's why I've come up with them since because I can talk about the mistakes that I've made. And like I touched on it a little bit. So the thing is, when you don't have a solid why before you go on a career break, you end up with like this subconscious why. And so you could see through mine, like I was traveling quickly. I was trying to like achieve in my travels. So subconsciously, my goal was to impress other people, my why. And that's not a good why. <laughs> that is not why we travel. So if you don't take the time to like intentionally come up with this, then you're going to be operating from your subconscious and you're not even going to realize it. But later on in my travels, like this is something I do ask myself because I'm traveling now. I travel quite frequently. And it's so important to ask why even before a trip and at every stage of your trip, like why do we do the things we do? Because it's going to help in just so many areas. Tourism, it's incredible, but it's also a problem in some places. There's over-tourism, there's overcrowding. And when we operate subconsciously and just do the things that are popular, we're contributing to the problem unconsciously. And so that's a lot of where the why comes in. And so for me, my why nowadays has a lot more to do with opening my mind and my why nowadays, like more than anything, is to learn about the impact tourism has on destinations. So this is new for me. It's something I'm learning. I'm by no means an expert, but I'm so excited to talk about it because I think it's really important. And it's definitely like changed and grown over the course of my travels. So like for me right now, that's my biggest why. That's amazing. I mean, having that why and setting that intention definitely gets you in the right path. And I really like what you said about the 
the subconscious mind. Like when you don't have an intentional why, then you get you just going autopilot and then like your subconscious mind. That's now I'm kind of like thinking, okay, <laughs> when I didn't set a why, like what, what was I doing? <laughs> exactly. Like what? Well, like, yeah. <laughs> I had some um some friends that always ask me like, what's your why and your intention? Was like. I don't know, but, but now, yeah, now, um, after, you know, hosting this podcast and talking to amazing women like you, I'm like, yeah, it's so important to set an intention for everything we do, not only travel, but like, even like shower, like, why do I shower? Like, you know, what's the intention behind showering? Exactly. Like you can live a much more intentional life by like actually asking yourself better questions. No, that's amazing. And I also really love your posts about, well, we've been following each other for a while, but I can tell like how you are really putting an effort towards being a more intentional travel and actually add value to to the communities and places you're visiting. So thank you. That, that's I, amazing. I really and appreciate that. So now from the step, from the five steps, the third one was like to set goals. Can you tell us why is that important when you're traveling? So especially when you're taking a career break, presumably you have an idea that you're going to do something on the other side of the career break. And a lot of times with people they want to find another job, maybe change industries, maybe go back to the same industry, but a different company. But you kind of want to have an idea of what your goal is on the other side so that when you set out, it's on the back of your mind and you're heading in the right direction. Because somebody who's taking a break from work and their goal is to never return to the corporate world again, like they're going to have a different trajectory than somebody who is going to return back to work, who's going to need to have a resume, who's going to probably have to talk about this career break during the interview process. So you're going to be behaving differently over the course of your break. So of course, you are going to change over the course of the break. So your goal might change, but at least you're going to set out in the right direction as opposed to like a complete opposite direction. Got it. And I really like what you said that you're going to change during your career break and your goals might change as well. That's something that I think is inevitable because like I've never met someone that is the same person after traveling for a period of time. And then also, so do you have any travel goals right now that you would like to share with us? Yeah, that's a great question. So my goal and my why are kind of like similar because I don't have like an end to this really. But like right now I'm traveling in Mexico. A goal is to visit all of the Pueblo Magicos de Mexico. All of them? Yeah, there's 132. Wow, that's like a vision goal. That's ambitious. And it ties in with my why because it's this established tourism project already. It's like, I want to really like dig into each of these towns because it's in place to bring more tourism to these places. The idea is to help these towns and communities. And like from the ones I've visited so far, like sometimes I can see it working, but in other situations, I can see like more harm than good. And it's kind of cool that there's an established project already that I can go visit and really like see with my own eyes and talk to people who live there and see what they really think about it in order to like see the impact of tourism and tourism initiatives in the real world. That is amazing. That is amazing. Wow. I'm just really impressed right now. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> a 
like, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, like even how I'm going to document and share all of this or what I'm going to do, or if it can even make a difference. But like, for me, it's a learning thing more than anything. And so, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, okay. Well, please keep us posted. So, yeah. <laughs> um, today, now we can go to the fourth step, which was when. So why is it important to set a date? It's not a goal if there's no date, because then it's just a dream. And then it becomes someday. And as we all know, someday very quickly becomes never. And so got to pick a date. You got to do your best to stick to it. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. I don't have the money to do it now. I don't know when. And so like a good rule of thumb is like, if you are in a good position financially and like you have money saved up already and you don't need a bunch more in order to take a career break, set it within the next few months. You know, it's really like, it's the decision. Like you just have to go for it. And the fears leading up to it is usually more scary than like the act itself. And so you got to just kind of go for it. And there are like some logistical things to take care of before you leave on a big trip. But that can be accomplished within a few months. If you know that you need to plan and save, I say somewhere like six months to a year, maybe a little bit more. And then having this date, you work backwards to figure out what you need to do in order to save this money to make that date actually feasible. Definitely setting a date always helps. Because then when you have the, the date, it becomes a priority. And then when it is a priority, you're like, oh, okay, so I can like invest all my energy towards this. And then something that I've noticed is like when it comes to travel first, like most people probably don't have the money because it hasn't been a priority because they haven't set a date. But then also like, yeah, when is it a priority, you kind of realize like, oh, maybe I am overspending in some areas. So maybe I can adjust that and then save more towards that goal. Yes, exactly. Because it's like, it's this thing that would be nice until you make a decision and like make it real. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, I would love to do that one day. Like, oh, that would be so nice. Do that (laughs) one day. I'll save for that at some point in my life. But right now, like I would rather go get wasted with my friends. Like you think differently about where your money's going when it becomes real. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then also, I guess it tied to this is the step five, which is uh, the length of time. So because of course, you're not going to save the same amount of money for a month than like for two weeks. So uh, what's your, what can you tell us about this? Yes, exactly. So the reason I've included this one is because a lot of times people are like, I just want to travel as long as possible. Great. Like you can, but I always recommend having a minimum length of time because it's really hard to plan for as long as possible. It's hard to stay for as long as possible. But if you can pick a minimum length that if you reach that and then can reassess at that point and like that length of time feels good, then like you plan for the minimum. And then as you're approaching that, like you can reassess, you can figure out what needs to be done if you want to travel longer. Maybe it was sufficient. Maybe you're ready to go back to life with more stability. So more than anything, it's for planning purposes. Got it. Perfect. Well, that's amazing. I seriously, I really like all these like mini series that you did, like part one, part two, part three. And then after that, you have an episode on budgeting as well, which I will leave in the show notes. And is there anything that you would like to add and share with us about these steps before planning a career break? 
So the thing about these steps, these are all things you can start doing like right this second. You can still be like working your job. You can still be going about your life. So by making a decision, it doesn't mean you have to go quit your job tomorrow. These are steps you can start today, really commit to it, and then start taking baby action steps towards actually making it a reality. That's amazing. And someone listening to these that want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I hang out most on Instagram at the travel shifters and you can find me on my website as well. Travelshifters.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I will make sure to leave all those links in the show notes as well. And always before the ending an episode, I ask for a closing thought. So what can you share with us about everything related to solo female travels or career breaks? Yeah, great question. And so I'll kind of reiterate Ask yourself excellent questions. Question why you do the things that you do and why you don't do the things that you don't do. And I guarantee you, it will improve the quality of your life. It will improve the quality of your travel. And remember, like when you are traveling, the things that you are doing are for you. They're not for anybody else. And by remembering to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing, it's going to put you in a much better position to realize that. That was an excellent advice. Ask yourself excellent questions. That's amazing. And that applies to every area of our lives. So, wow, Kali. Well, thank you so much for your time. And it was amazing talking to you. And thank you so much for all these tips and wonderful advices that you provided us. Thanks so much for having me, Lou. 